0: I'm going to, this is part two of what do you see? So what is happening now? Jesus now is with his disciples in the house, ready to keep the Passover. So he's already entered the city in fanfare. Now he knows he has to go to the cross. So he reserved the upper the room in this house. The Passover took place. Passover meal was one night and one meal that was the Passover meal so during that time there's the feast of unleavened bread and there's the Passover meal so the feast of unleavened bread takes place over several days but that Passover meal was really one night and one and one day i mean one night one night and one meal so but this particular meal would be Jesus's last and what transpired is known today by Christians as the Lord's Supper or the Last Supper. It was a Passover meal, but there was something Jesus did during this time, which is a switch now to what was typically done. Okay, and we're gonna, I'm going to talk about that. So Passover is, is, is in remembrance of Israel's salvation from Egypt. The blood of lambs on doorposts caused God to pass over that home, because the, the, if the blood wasn't, if that post on the house on the door wasn't marked, the firstborn of that house, the firstborn male of that house, would die. So, they, so they had to mark the posts with blood. And they were instructed how to do it. And, you know, there are other things that happened there, which I'm not going to go into, which is what now they remember as Passover. It had to do with blood. It had to do with the, 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 the slaughter of a lamb. But it had to do with death, and it had to do with shedding of blood. So that they can be saved. That's, the, that's what Passover was, uh, is about. So, eating the Passover included unleavened bread and wine, also, you know, roasted lamb, chicken. That's what they, what that then and what they do now is they use chicken and and other things and herbs so forth. But the point of this is not about the meal. The point of this is, and I'll I'll pick up in Matthew 26, is to let you know that there is now a shift getting ready to take place of what Jesus was doing, during that meal. So in Matthew 26, verse 26, this is Jesus speaking here. And verse 26, Jesus said, (coughs) it says, And as they were eating, that's what? The Passover meal. Jesus took bread, blessed and broke it. and gave it to his, his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. For this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for, the, for many for the remission of sins. This is a total switch of what they normally would have done. Because now he's saying, This cup with, with, the, with the drink is my blood. And this bread you're eating is my body. And he said the purpose of, for, for why these things now represent him. What was he talking about? He said, and before in um, earlier scriptures in Matthew, he said, he told the disciples that I have to be offered up, that I have to go to the good, I'll be crucified. He told them that. So he's now given the analogy now of the body and the blood. Analogous to the Passover Lamb. That's what he's referring to, because he was the Passover Lamb. This is the time for the Passover Lamb, which God sent to be offered up. That is what was happening. So he put the he put the and he gave them the analogy, telling them, "This is what is is happening. This is who I am. This is what is happening with me now." Okay, so. And what was happening now, that switch now was a change that was going to take place. The end of the old covenant. And then was going to be instituting a new one. The closing, the end of the law. He was bringing the end to the law and bringing in the new covenant. Which was prophesied by the prophet Zechariah. But all nations will be joined to the Lord. All nations, Jew and Gentile. Glory to God. But they couldn't see. Even his disciples were with him, were with him, couldn't see. They didn't understand until after they were filled with the Spirit. And then the Spirit brought to their remembrance all the things that Jesus said to them. Okay? So when they were finished with that meal and Jesus, you know, told them to do what he um, about the blood and the body in remembrance of me of him, which we call the Lord's Supper, we call now Communion. When they were finished that same evening, Jesus and his disciples, minus Judas, because Judas went to betray him, they went to the Garden of Gethsemane. Now Jesus went there to pray, but he also went there to wait. He was later arrested and brought before the high priest, and then the Roman governor in the region at that time, who was Pilate, he was brought before the high priest, <clears throat> excuse me, and before the Roman governor. Right? So they were, they were examining him, they were accusing him, they were questioning him, and he did not defend himself. Now there's a lot happening here, which, you know, which is not the purpose of this message. But the thing about it is, everything that was happening was in line with what was prophesied about him. But what did they see? Nobody recognized the, the significance of the moments that was that were transpiring over this period of time. So after Pilate questioned Jesus, he didn't find a reason to put for his death and he wanted to release him. So let's pick it up in Matthew chapter twenty seven, verse fifteen. Now this is when Jesus here is being questioned now. Verse 15 And now at the feast the governor was accustomed to releasing to the multitude one prisoner whom they wished. And at that time they had a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. Therefore when they had gathered together Pilate said to them Whom do you want me to release to you? Barabbas or Jesus who is called the Christ. Called Christ. For he knew that they had handed him over because of envy. And he was sitting on the judgment seat. As he was sitting on the judgment seat. While he was sitting on the judgment seat. His wife sent to him saying. I have nothing to do with this man, just man. For I have suffered many things today. In a dream because of him. So you know the Lord was talking to her. But the chief priests and elders persuaded the multitudes that they should ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. Okay, so verse 21, the governor answered and said to them, which of the two do you want me to release to you? And they said, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, what what then shall I do with Jesus who is called Christ? And they all said to him, let him be crucified. Then the governor said, Why? What evil has he done? And they cried out all the more, saying, Let him be crucified. When Pilate saw that he could not prevail at all, but rather that a a tumult was rising, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. You see to it. And the people answered and said, His blood be on us and on our children. Then he released Barabbas to them, and when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole garrison around him. And they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. When they had twisted a crown of thorns that they put it on his head and a reed in his right hand and they bowed the knee before him and mocked him saying, Hail, King of the Jews! When they, then, they, they, then they spat on him, took a reed and struck him on the head and when they had mocked him, they took the robe off him, put his own clothes on him and led him away to be crucified. Now, just a few things I want to point out here. The leaders... And supporters were given a choice. Pilate clearly said to them, This feast of the governor, you allowed one person to be released to you. Do you want Barabbas? Do you want Jesus, the Christ? And it said here that the leaders persuaded the multitude the leaders persuaded the multitude. So they chose the robber and the rebel. And if you go back and read about the history of Barabbas, he was one of the rebels who were fighting for the liberation or, trying to, or the liberation of, uh, of Jews from the, from the Roman occupation. So he was a robber and he was a rebel. So they chose the robber, they chose the sinner over the just man. Why? Because Pilate said he knew they delivered him because of envy. They were jealous of him. They couldn't control him, so they wanted to get rid of him. Selah, think about what has been happening in the world over these past years. Think about the multitude persuading others right, to choose erroneously. Right, so you see the power of, of 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 words. You see the power of people in authority. If you are not careful, you can come and you can be seduced by the what people are saying and what they do. So you see here, they encouraged, they persuaded the other, others to go after Barabbas and to reject Jesus. So what was happening here? Pilate saw that these people were incensed on getting rid of him. So he, he, he relented and he said because he didn't want an uprising in the city because of him releasing Jesus on his own. The people had to make the choice and they chose the robber. And they said the death to Jesus, crucify him, his blood be upon us and our children. They're the people, they're they're saying things, they don't even understand the consequence of what they're saying. When they say his blood be upon us, upon our children, we will be held guilty, responsible for his death. And let that guilt not only be on us, but also on our children. So they just put a curse upon themselves. When Pilate brought Jesus out to them, they were embarrassed angry they wanted him dead they wanted him gone they wanted that that threat to be done away with and verse 26 through 31 jesus was scourged listen he wasn't he wasn't just you know didn't they just take a leather strap and beat him if you read up about scourging they they disrobed the person tied him up on a pole with their hands around the pole their back their legs are exposed, and they beat that person at least thirty nine to forty strokes and It's not just any whip it's a it's a cat or nine tails it has metal on metal on it, and some have metal hooks so when you when you when you you strike the person and you pull it not only punctures and makes and makes wounds it pulls skin off so that's what he would... He, that's what he was dealing with that's the beating the scourging he got okay so you have to you know i'm not going to go into details about that but the Romans were experts at inflicting punishment they were experts at punishing torture they were experts at that and they mocked him and when they mocked him and if you read or uh, you can write this in a reference Isaiah 50 verse 6 it says I gave my back to those who struck me and my cheeks to those who plucked out the beard I did not hide my face for shame and spitting that's what was happening that was written about him by the prophet Isaiah and now this is it's happening but they could not it why they were they were gentiles they have no clue about what's happening all they know this person it was ordered to be, to be scourged, and then we're going to crucify him. That's all they know. But prophecy was being fulfilled. So, after Jesus was scourged, he was led out to be crucified. And we're going to pick it up now in Matthew chapter 7, verse 39. Now, this is now Jesus on the cross. And it says here, verse 39, And those who passed by blasphemed him say blaspheme him wagging their heads and saying you who destroyed the temple and build it in three days save yourself if you are the son of God come down from the cross likewise the chief priests, also mocking with the scribes and elders said he saved others himself he cannot save if he is the king of Israel let him come come Let him now come down from the cross and we will believe him. Verse 43. He trusted in God. Let him deliver him him now. Let God deliver him now. If he will have him. For he said, I am the son of God. Even the robbers who were, were crucified with him reviled him with the same thing. So he was being criticized. He was being mocked. Even the people on the cross the, the, the robber on the left and right, who were being crucified with him, were mocking him and saying, Listen, if you are who you say you are, come, do something. Save yourself. So, his, so the, the people who envied him, they were in his face mocking him. Challenging him to come down from the cross. But they didn't understand what were they seeing. They didn't understand that he allowed himself to be put on that cross. He was there willingly, but they didn't. They didn't see that. They had no power over him. He gave. He allowed them to have power over him. Remember, Jesus said, "No man can take my life; I lay it down willingly." So they they have no. They are not seeing. They're blind, thinking they're having their way, but it's not. They're not having their way. God is having His way. So Jesus was crucified in a public place outside the city called the place of the skull. He was one of many who were crucified in that place. Many people have been crucified in that place. But this was a, this was a, a, a time, a particular important and significant moment when he was on this cross. God's promise being fulfilled in time and space in that moment on the cross. Being mocked. What did they see? What did people see? You know, people come in and out of Jerusalem. They see people at the cross. But this moment, what did they see? Some saw a blasphemer being put to death. Some saw a loser who couldn't save his own skin. Some saw a threat eliminated. Others who didn't know Jesus. Oh boy, another criminal. Being put to death. I wonder what did he do? To the disciples, the loss of their teacher and their leader. To his mother, the loss of a firstborn son. But what do, they, what do we see? I'm going to answer that question about what I see. So in Matthew 27, verse 45. Okay, there's something very important there. I didn't read verse 45, but let me read it now. Now from the sixth hour until the ninth hour, there was darkness over all the land. That is significant. The sixth hour is noon. The ninth hour is 3 p.m. That time is significant. That time is significant for the Passover. About when the sacrifice has to take place for that. The significance of that, and you read another scripture, it talks about from noon to three, darkness. The darkness overtook the land. The significance of that time, according to the law, the Passover lamb had to be slaughtered by 3 p.m. Guess what? 3 p.m., look what was, just around 3 p.m., look what was happening on the cross. Let's go to John 19. Then I'll come back to uh, Matthew 27. John 19, let's go to verse 25. The book of John chapter 19, verse 25. So during that time, Jesus is on the cross. And there are a bunch of things happening. So you have to go to all the different Gospels to read and put it all together what was happening. Okay, so verse 25 says, Now there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother. And his mother's sister, married the wife of Cleopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing by, and that disciple was John, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. And when he said to the disciple, Behold your mother, and from that hour that disciple took her to his home. Now verse 28. And this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. Now a vessel full of sour wine was sitting there, and they filled a sponge with sour wine and put it on hyssop and put it to his mouth. And so so when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. Okay, so, <clears throat> what was happening? Let me do, now go back to verse 46 in Matthew 27. Now about the ninth hour, this is about 3 p.m., this is all happening around that time. Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani? And this is, that is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some of those who stood there, when they heard that said, this man is calling for Elijah. Immediately one of them ran and took a sponge and filled it with sour wine. And put it on a reed and offered it to him to drink. That was what we just read in John chapter, uh, chapter 19. And Jesus cried out again. Verse, five, oh, verse, uh, verse 49. The rest said, let him alone. Let us see if Elijah will come to save him. Verse 50, and Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yelled up his spirit. That's when he said, it is finished. And he gave, up, he gave up the ghost. Okay, that happened at the ninth hour. What time was that? The time the lamb had to be slain. So he, my goodness, there was no accident. When he said, I thirst, he said, I thirst to fulfill what was written about him. Listen, let me go to Isaiah 53 and read this to you. Let me just go to Isaiah 53 and read this to you. Nothing, nothing Jesus did, even on the cross was haphazard. Everything was fulfilling scripture. My goodness, you think about that. Just wrap your head around that for a second. Verse 53, I'm going to read it to you. Chapter, uh, Isaiah 53 verse 3-7 through 7. This is what was spoken about him, written about him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. As, and, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way and the Lord has laid, laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. That's when he was before Pilate. That's when he was on the cross. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before its sharers, he is silent. So he opened not his mouth. And verse 10, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He was, he was put, he has put him to grief. When you make his soul an offering for sin, this was written about him and this is what was happening. When he was before Pilate and when he was on the cross, all this in Isaiah, this was written and this is what was happening. So at the ninth hour, which is 3 p.m., he gave up the ghost. He gave up the ghost. Why? Because everything was fulfilled. There was no longer a need for him to stay on the cross. He, Listen. He had power to leave his body when he was ready. And he did. Because Jesus said. I have a commandment from my father. That I can lay my, I lay my life down. And to take it up again. So my goodness. So he gave up the ghost. Everything was fulfilled. He gave it up. And then, you know, it it continues, but I'm not going to talk about that today. So, what I'm I'm saying here, three days later, while Jesus was buried that night, he was put in a a sepulcher. Three days later, he arose from the dead as promised. And, and, you know, then people saw him, he he was out openly, a lot of people saw him and can testify. Understand that God gave us his word. And reveals what he is doing so that we can see and not stumble. Look how many things happened there that were fulfilling scripture. Some things in the public and some things not in the public. But whether it was in the public or not, God, the first scriptures that were written about him were being fulfilled. Even when the soldiers were, de- were, were casting lots for his, for his tunic and dividing up his garments between them, Jesus was on the cross and he said something very interesting and important, which I'm going to touch on in a few minutes. He says, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. about the Gentiles? He said, forgive them. He's watching them. fulfill scripture and he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. John three sixteen and 17 this scripture goes like this. For God so loved the world That he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him should not perish. But have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world. To condemn the world. But that the world through him might be saved. This is that. This scripture. Is that moment. That was happening. That week. This is that. What was written about. I will tell you what I see. I see the love of God on display. On public display. That's what I see. The scourging. The suffering. The insults. The shedding of his blood. Him hanging on the cross. The cruelty of it on public display. What do I see? I see God's love on display. Yes, in the cruelty of the moment. The cruelty over the time. I see the love of God on display. Why? Because I just quoted the scripture. But what do you mean it's God's love? Well, I will tell you what it is. Sinful man caught up in corruption because of his own sin. Separated from God. Have no way out. He can't redeem himself sinful man, found guilty and sentenced to death because of his sin, with no way to redeem himself and no way for him to reconcile himself to God. No way to save himself. What did God do? God had compassion. God did something about our condition. What? He sent his lamb, his own lamb, and that lamb is hanging on the cross. That lamb was sent His only begotten son. The only acceptable atoning sacrifice. Hanging on the cross. Willingly. So taking our place so we don't have to pay for our own sin. He did it willingly. Paying the penalty so we don't have to pay. That's mercy. Compassion is doing something about a a person's condition. Because they couldn't do anything about their condition. And mercy is giving them what they don't deserve. Hosanna, oh save. Hosanna in the highest. They're screaming it on Sunday. But he went to the cross to bring it to pass. To save us. How do these events that we are celebrating this week. Translate to our lives today. What is the spirit of God saying to us today. As it relates to Jesus' death on the cross. And his resurrection. It's about our heart. What is an, what's the condition of our heart? And how, what are, how are we supposed to be living? What is the Spirit of God saying? And I will tell you what He's been saying to me. And I've been preaching about it for weeks, for months. Let me tell you what He's saying. God's love is on display. I remember what, G, what was written in Matthew chapter 5, verse 44, 45, and 48. Jesus said, When he was on the Mount of Olives preaching to the people, the father, the father, he's he's saying what the father is telling him to say. God revealing his heart to the people, God revealing his character and his heart with his son on the cross. That is what you you're supposed to see: the character, the heart, and the love of God on the cross. It's being revealed on the cross his love for fallen man. That's what is being revealed. He's on the Mount of Olives. He's speaking to the people. And Jesus said this. I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. That you may be sons of your Father in heaven. For he makes the, his son to rise on the evil and the good. And sends the rain on the just and the unjust. And verse 48, he said, therefore, you shall be perfect just as your father in heaven is perfect. What do we see? What do I see? God's love being displayed on the cross. Having compassion and showing mercy to the lost. That's why he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. That same love and compassion, we have to, have, to sh- have to show, we have to show people. The same way the, the, Jesus did it on the cross for us. The love of God being expressed openly through suffering and death. Because we should have been on that cross, not Him. He was just, He didn't deserve to be on that cross. But he was the only acceptable sacrifice God will accept so that he can bring all nations to him through his death and his resurrection. That was the only thing God can accept. That's it. So that's why I say thank you Jesus. I am so grateful every day, not just on Good Friday, not just on Easter Sunday. Every day I am grateful for what he has done. Because it resonates, the love of God resonates with me. And that's what I see. And that's how we should, what we should see. And how we should live. Have compassion. Show mercy. Do you think when Jesus gave the parable about the Good Samaritan, that was just, uh, just any old parable? That was the love of God in action. That's exactly what he was doing when he went on the cross. That parable and his act of love is simultaneous. It's, 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 it's a mirror image of the heart of God. But in this instance, it, in, in the parable of the, of the Good Samaritan, it's one one on one. But in this instance, it's one for many. He died for the sins of the whole world. That's the difference. And this is the only acceptable sacrifice God can receive. So He says, "Anyone, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Anyone who receives that, that gift, can come be reconciled to God and saved and be called, no, be called sons of God." That's what I see. So these scriptures are not just to make us feel good. They challenge us in how we ought to live, how we ought to walk. As I said, God is moving. And we must recognize and understand what he's doing and not miss the opportunities. Meanwhile, we must walk in the light and not stumble along. We, we have been given his word and his spirit so that we can walk in the light and not be walking in darkness. And this is not the time to allow ourselves to become polarized or perpetuate that, that phenomena. We are not of this world. We are to be the light and let the love of God be seen through our lives. We are not here to judge but to, be re- but to reveal the wisdom and the love of God to people in the world system that is quickly coming to a conclusion. So that people can be rescued and the Father glorified. God is fulfilling his promise to Abraham that through his seed all the nations of the world, of the earth, will be blessed. And many nations shall be joined to the Lord in that day. What is that day? When he went to the cross. That's the prophecy being fulfilled. All nations will be joined to the Lord in that day. In that moment, at the the third the ninth hour, 3 p.m., that was fulfilled. And then he resurrected from the dead. So that is what I see. What do you see? What do you see?